Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com, your home to thoughtful conversations on film. And today, we'll be reviewing the epic MonsterVerse crossover that so many, some, I guess people were asking for it. They've been clamoring for it. I don't know who all these people are, but it came, and it came via HBO Max and also in theaters. There's a whole story there, but we're going to get to that later. Uh, I am so excited to be joined by a roundtable of guests today. The first one, though, I've got to, I've got to, I just got to point this out. I, I want to avoid confusion. There's really not room for two Caleb's on the cinematic schematic. Um, so the only way this is going to work is if I say that this is my like nemesis type thing, because really I just want everyone to know there's only room for for one Caleb. So you could call him Nega Caleb. You could call him Caleb Haldane, the host of the Red Six podcast. Uh, we also at one point had uh, Caleb uh, Alpha and Caleb Omega going on. But I just want you to know, the only one that matters is Caleb Masters. But uh, because he's a Godzilla fan and he's a really awesome guy, I thought, Caleb Haldane, welcome to Cinematic Schematic. Uh, thank you so much. I would like to point out that you are clearly the evil half, though, of this <laughs> this duo. Listen, <laughs> like, only good guys uh, <laughs> make it exclusive, so that they can only be one person of their namesake on their podcast. Definitely, <laughs> only the good, the best, the, only the best kinds of guys do that, right? I mean, is this the Caleb versus Caleb showdown? Like, That's right. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's been years in the making. So, ladies and gentlemen, of course, you can hear our other two very special guests, the co-founders of the Cinematropolis. Jacob Burns of Plant Thunder Productions. Welcome to the Cinematic Schematic. Thanks for having me and not uh, fighting me. That was a much more <laughs> gentle intro than. Uh, I gotta claim my territory. <laughs> Otherwise, the Mecca Caleb's yeah. gonna show up at my doorstep <laughs> and I don't wanna have to fight that person, okay? Sure. Also, joining the table, recording on his birthday, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, let's give him a huge happy birthday. Welcome, Zachary Burns of Plant Thunder Productions, also again, co-founder of the Cinematropolis. Welcome back to the Cinematic Schematic. Hey. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks. Guys, <laughs> birthday edition. I don't know what we're here for. It's I can't tell if it's to celebrate Zach's birthday. Oh, yeah. I can't tell if it's to fight Caleb. Uh, honestly, I mean, the two Caleb's fighting it out might be uh, the greatest birthday present I could ask for. So, uh, <laughs> Well, let's get this going. Uh, Jacob, did you, you did bring the cake though, right? Oh, uh, metaphorically, yes. It's my favorite kind of cake, metaphors. The cake is the friends we've made along the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Godzilla always works best when he's a metaphor. So it's true. true. Very fitting for this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here to review uh, Godzilla versus Kong. We are super excited. I know I made the joke, who is asking for it? Well, these people at this podcast table that is ha the virtual podcast table that is this is the people who have apparently been claiming for it. So um, we're really excited to dive into we're going to start with a spoiler free review of Godzilla versus Kong. And then in the second half of the conversation, we'll have a spoiler filled. I don't want to say analysis because this is Godzilla versus Kong. But hey, maybe there's some analysis to be had, but we're at least going to dive into the details of the spoiler. Um, but before we get there, I do want to remind you that if you enjoyed this conversation, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Cinematic Schematic on your preferred podcast app, especially if you're on Apple Podcast, if you could drop us a rating and review, that would really help us rise to Kong-level status. And who out there doesn't want to get the Cinematic Schematic to Kong-level status? I mean, we could use it. So be a good Kong friend. Give us a rating and a review. All right, fellas. Well, 
before we jump into our spoiler-free review, I wanted to break the ice since this is really the first time I think I've been at this virtual podcast table with the three of you together. And the question I brought to to break the ice, so to speak, is removing Godzilla versus Kong, which I'm sure we'll, we'll all find out that we think is the greatest versus movie ever made. What is your favorite versus movie? There's a lot of options out there, and I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. So let's start with the birthday boy himself, Zachary Burns. What is your favorite versus movie? Uh, I mean that that's a that's a big question. I mean, I guess I uh, I'll decide to limit myself to specifically Godzilla versus something movies, uh, and uh, in that case, I'd probably have to go with God- Godzilla versus Destroya, uh, which is uh, an incredible, incredible Godzilla movie. It's one of my uh, favorites and most watched of any of the Godzilla movies. It came out in uh, the mid '90s. It was like '95, '96, uh, and it was it marked the end of uh, the Godzilla high sci era um, that went from 1985 through uh, to Godzilla vs. Destroyer, which uh, it's incredible. I don't want to spoil it for anybody because you should just go out and watch it. Uh, but it it absolutely rules. So, sure. so are you saying this is <laughs> outside of Godzilla vs. Kong? This is the the greatest you would say versus Godzilla other Godzilla versus movie specifically Godzilla versus something movie? Yes. Um, because, you know, if we're, you know, rating Godzilla movies, obviously 1954 Gojira original is the king of all of the Godzilla movies. Um, but Godzilla doesn't fight anybody in that, uh, except, I guess, humans. Um, uh, so if we're specifically specifying Godzilla fighting something, then Godzilla versus Destroya is where it's at. Right. Godzilla versus Destroya. Uh, great pick. I I had... Listeners, you're going to find out I'm a very bad fan of Godzilla. And by that, I mean, I'm like the most casual fan of Godzilla, as in I've seen some movies and liked half of them. Um, so all three of these folks can run circles around me with Godzilla knowledge. I haven't seen that one. Um, I want to turn it to the other Caleb, though. Uh, my, my nemesis. Uh, you could say he's a mechanical <laughs> vert. He's more machine now than man or, or Caleb. Uh, uh, Mecha Caleb, uh, what, what is your selection uh, for your favorite versus movie? Uh, it's funny. I I had uh, Godzilla versus Destroya as as one too, but I I came I came with a backup in my uh, you know just in case someone took that from out from under me, and uh, it'd have to be the People versus Larry Flint. Ooh, yeah. ah. all right. A little bit outside the box. Uh, it's it's a versus movie in in a societal way, you know, um, more of a, the legal term, but I don't think that was excluded here, and. Uh, yeah, it's it is actually just a very solid movie about kind of uh the legal process and how sometimes that can get, you know, confused with the public of, you know, the form of public opinion, right? And so how do you separate those two? And and I think it's it's a good movie that actually, you know, gets down to the nuts and bolts of of how we look at our society and, and what we use as mirrors in our, in our society. So. Very cool. I, I'm all, all for, you know, uh, a good story, really diving into the legality. Um, I think it's important. Justice system and how it works is really important to understand. And in that justice system, we love lots of court cases with uh, versus things. So uh, great recommendation. I'm going to drop that in the show notes for listeners as well. Uh, Jacob Burns, what did you bring for us? What is your favorite versus movie? Well, I, I'm excited that no one picked it because it's also, I believe, this this movie's 10-year anniversary, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. 
what can you say about the movie? It's just great. Um, I'm a fan of the the, the graphic novel series uh, as well, but the uh, the movie, um, it's probably one of my most rewatched movies in my life. I probably watch it at least once a year. Um, uh, at some point, it's just a good fun. Makes me feel good. The fights are fun. Uh, the effects are cool. Very awesome style. Just yeah. Awesome and would you say, I mean, hitting 10-year, um, again, wonderful Edgar Wright movie, would you say it's uh, it's held up, uh, Jacob? I I would. I actually rewatched it actually just a few weeks ago. Um, um, and uh, yeah, like I said, it just it's one of those that just gets better every time I feel like I find more or there's new jokes or new moments, character moments and stuff like that that pops out. And it just kind of, it it feels richer like i you know it's it's honestly the first time i saw it in the theater i was like that's eh, pretty good um and <laughs> but it's just kind of stuck with me and i keep rewatching it over the years and now now it's one of my favorite movies that is a great one uh, another one i so, like to revisit often and uh, that leads me to my pick which actually was also scott pilgrim versus the world but i'll tell you what though my I, and i'll i'll, I'll re- talk about another guilty pleasure versus movie here in a second but I'm like thinking Joe versus the volcano. I'm thinking monster versus alien. I'm like throwing all the verses out there. I just, uh, I just rewatched Batman v Superman, the ultimate cut in preparation for that very long Snyder cut. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the ultimate cuts better, but it's still, still not good. So I just did positive <laughs> verses and Scott Pilgrim is the medicine. It is the, it is it's just the, the, the humor, the, the comic book adaptation. I think it does it better than in, I, I always, Better than most comic book movies, I would say. Uh, just the way it's able to marry what comic books are able to do via the panel, uh, via the, you know the, the media of film, and yeah, it's just a great movie. Uh, very rewatchable. I still wonder if we they couldn't have ended it a little differently, but that doesn't take away from everything I absolutely love about it. So since J- Jacob really took my thunder there, I'm gonna jump on the Freddy versus Jason train. Guys, <laughs> okay. it's not good. Okay. This movie's trash. In fact. This movie is so bad, it's good. I would make the argument. Um, it doesn't follow any of the rules established in the other movies, except for when it randomly decides it wants to. Um, I think Robert England's having a blast. Jason is unhuman, inhuman. And I know he's inhuman in most of them, but I'm saying he's the size of the freaking Hulk in that movie. And so he's just pretty terrifying. Is it good? No. Is it? Has it held up? Uh, I would say it, it, no, it hasn't held up at all. Uh, any, but I gotta say, anytime like it's uh, back when I had uh, cable, anytime it would be playing, I would s- stop what I was doing to finish it. And my, the nice thing about it, it's also in like ninety minutes or something long. It's very short. Uh, I, I need to, anytime I can see Robert England playing Freddy Krueger, I'm, I'm up for it. So uh, uh, honorary mention or best best bad versus movie that's actually kind of good. Freddy v Jason. <laughs> have, have you guys seen that or, or, or remember it at all? I've I've only seen bits and pieces. I've never yeah, really I've never seen, seen it. it. Yeah. yeah, same here. Okay, well, I'm, I'm sure it's great. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure for sure. Oh, uh, okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. So now that you can see where the table's coming from, we've got some Godzilla fandom, we got some Scott Pilgrim fandom, and the, the question you might be asking yourself is, how is this going to work out in our opinions for Godzilla versus Kong? Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into our spoiler-free review of Godzilla versus Kong. We need Kong. The world needs him. To stop what's coming. And this child. She's the only one he'll communicate with. 
had a bond, she had nowhere to go, so I made a promise to protect her. And I think that in some way, Khan did the same. All right, so a little bit about Godzilla versus Kong. According to IMDb, the it's the epic next chapter in the cinematic monsterverse that pits two of the greatest icons in motion picture history against one another. Bigger than Freddy versus Jason, bigger than Alien versus Predator, it's Godzilla versus Kong. The fearsome Godzilla and the mighty Kong with humanity caught in the balance. I actually am not sure about that last part. I don't think the movie is too concerned about the humanity caught in balance, but we'll get to that. Gentlemen, let's, uh, I, I really want to give listeners a sense of how we felt about this MonsterVerse so far. I mean, this is actually, this is the fourth entry. So we're, we're talking about 2014's uh, Godzilla, uh, 2017's uh, Kong Skull Island, and then 2019's Godzilla King of Monsters. Uh, I just want to give listeners a sense of like, how do we feel about those? Because I do think it is going to inform in some ways what we thought of this movie. Uh, so, Caleb Haldane, we'll start with you on this. What have you thought of the MonsterVerse so far? Yeah, so far I've been really happy with the MonsterVerse. It's it's really brought a lot of, um, I believe, Toho's spirit to to an American production. Uh, I, I thought that they've done a decent job in like actually honoring the past, like unlike maybe 1998, where it's a lot of fish. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like they, they really kind of understood the source material this time around and were paying attention to it. Um, I, I really think that they've done a great job with it. Um, you know, Kong Skull Island is the outlier because it's not really a Toho property at all. Uh, it, but it is trying to uh, do something that Toho did in the past. The, the third movie in the chronological order that is Godzilla is King Kong versus Godzilla. And that movie, um, like it is, it is not King Kong. I'll just say that. That is uh, what we we like to say on our podcast. That's Bing Bong versus <laughs> Godzilla because that's not King Kong. So I was pretty excited to finally see a real rendition of Kong against you know the Titan that is is Godzilla. Okay, all right. So we've got a MonsterVerse fan uh, who is also again very well versed in the roots of Godzilla and I didn't even realize that that was you said the third Godzilla movie mm -hmm. yeah that's crazy mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> so we gotta have him fight right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that comes really from like the Ray Harryhausen production was like this this was at its you know peak kind of thing and so the only other big monster in you know, cinema at the time was Kong. So the, Toho was chomping at the bit to make this happen. And it took a long time for them to convince, you know, Harryhausen and, and the studios over here that they could do it justice. And then when they got it, they're like, oh shit, we can't. <laughs> and so they just scrapped it all because they were going to do a stop motion Kong. And they're just like, we can't, let's just let's make a suit. <laughs> and the suit just like, it doesn't capture Kong like a, uh, 
the stop motion did. Yeah. 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 No, good note. And an important history here because, again, this is in a lot of ways a redemption story for just the idea of Kong versus Godzilla. Jacob, well, let's turn it to you. What have you thought about the, the MonsterVerse overall so far? Um, yeah, I feel pretty similar as uh, uh, Mr. Haldane over there. I uh, ha- have overall been very pleased with it, pleasantly surprised by it. Um, I, I definitely, when they first announced that they were doing new Godzilla movies and stuff like that, I definitely was very leery about that. Um, uh, but it's turned out uh, overall very positive for me. I uh, um, One thing I do really like about it is that each of these MonsterVerse movies kind of has its own feel uh, and tone. Like it, they have actually kind of let directors kind of bring their own vision to the world a little bit. Like it kind of, kind of has that loose continuity of like Monarch and stuff like that. But um, overall, you know, like Godzilla versus Kong looks just aesthetically very different than um, Godzilla 2014. Um, and um, so I think that's been really cool and interesting that they've been able to pull that off as opposed to uh, a lot of other blockbuster franchises where all the movies basically look the same um that's been I th- i've really kind of enjoyed that about the monster versus how they've all kind of looked and felt a little different while also staying true to um the the characters especially godzilla and the toho properties and stuff like that um so yeah i like them I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad you call out the differences there because, I mean, I would say Godzilla 2014 is closest in tone to maybe like a cross between the original Godzilla, like the original, original Godzilla, um, and with the the jaws of the kind of jaws, you know, you're waiting for the shark to show its face sort of thing. Um, The first one, I don't know what you would compare Kong Skull Island to exactly. Um, It's, I guess, going for the Vietnam War movie vibe. Um, sort of. Uh, I really like that yeah. one a lot, actually. But I, it, I, I, that one's the one that's the um, for me is the most muddled in terms of like what was like key inspirations for it. Um, and then of course Godzilla, uh, King of Monsters. Um, I think is uh, you guys can can elaborate because I'm going to get the terminology wrong. But that's coming really feels like it's uh, an homage to the early to mid '90s Godzilla movies, right? If you're talking about the Japanese movies, uh, it's the High Sai era. Which uh, went started in 1985, 84, I think, um, and went until Godzilla vs. Destroya, which ended in the mid 90s. Uh, and there's about 10 movies okay. in there. So, again, a very important historical yeah. reference there. It's, it's interesting to, uh, like, Godzilla movies are broken down into who the emperor of, Ch- of Japan was at the time. So, I mm-hmm. initially thought, like, okay, Showa era, that must be like a, a crew or like, a director or something because they all have a feel right like yeah. the showa era oh, feels yeah. the same and then we went to the i don't know how to pronounce it, if it's heisei or heisei era uh but that was just another japanese emperor that wasn't like a purposeful break in style it was just <laughs> yeah that what how they chronologically <laughs> order things uh it's more typical to do that in japan to, to break things up based on the ruling classes at the time that is really interesting we're going to keep guessing about this probably throughout the show, if not like in some other separate episode. But that's really that that is really fascinating. And I didn't know that. So the more, you know, um, and I think again, I, but I think, though, I really I'm really glad you're you're laying that out there, Caleb and Jacob and Zach, because I, th- I think uh, I would even say more than Kong. I think Godzilla has a real 
tied to just history, Japanese history in particular, but I mean, just history in general, there seems to be a, um, a real value on the legacy and like where the character come from and how it's evolved. Uh, Toho, of course, I know is very particular about how Godzilla is represented and, you know, in what ways he's portrayed, even the way it's like framed. So um, again, I think that's really, really important to understand how we get to, to Godzilla versus Kong 2021. Zachary, I want to turn it to you, uh, bring us home here. Anything else you want to add about the MonsterVerse? What have you thought? Uh, yeah, honestly, I, I'm on board with uh, what our other two fellows have said. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed all of the movies for their own reasons. Um, there's things I could nitpick about them, but overall, uh, I think they've all been a lot of fun. Um, and they've really, each, each movie has kind of been trying to do a different thing. It's kind of had a different goal uh, and tone. Um, and I think, you know, more or less, they've each been uh, successful at doing that. Uh, so it's a, it's been, yeah, it's been a pleasant surprise with each movie, I think, for me. Okay. All right. So you three are really pleased. Um, I'm going to be the outlier. I don't like, I'm not disappointed. I think um, I have just been very middle of the road on pretty much all of these. My favorite is actually Kong Skull Island, which again is not the Godzilla it's, it's a lot different. Like there was way more Liberty they could take with that movie. Um, it's the one I liked the most. I did really like a lot about uh, Gareth Edwards, 2014 Godzilla. I think it could have been shorter. Um, and I got a little annoyed by the, sh- the jaws approach, but by the time we got to the end, I was like, okay, really? Let's just watch Godzilla blow shit up. Okay. <laughs> like, um, but when you get a really epic monster fight and it totally lived, it, 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 you know, it worked. It was like, Hey, once it finally happened, even forever, once it finally happened, it felt very rewarding um, to see the cool, uh, you know, the Godzilla Kaiju fight. And then also the way that the way he, uh, Godzilla came in, I thought he did a really good job at establishing that. Okay. Yeah. Godzilla terrorizes stuff, but really he's there for the people. Uh, which really I think is important in this one is what in this movie as well, because when Godzilla starts just randomly attacking things, uh, uh, you know, stranger things over here is like, Hey, this is not, uh, this is not normal. This is not right. There's something going on. Cause it's not in, in line with, with, with Godzilla. So um, I like that one. I'm not going to lie. And I don't want to spend the whole time talking about it, but really didn't care for Godzilla King of monsters. I think it's a couple things. One, I actually thought the trailers were incredible and I got really hyped probably to my own detriment one and two wow what a cast of people what a crazy amazing cast of people they got for that movie to talk about a bunch of stuff i actually don't care about whatsoever <laughs> and the monster monster <laughs> fights just kind of happen randomly uh, not randomly but like they just kind of happen whenever you know um so yeah I, w- I wasn't a big fan I, I believe all three of you gentlemen know big fan of godzilla king of monsters so uh if you could We'll keep it short, but if you, you know, tell me why I'm wrong and also why you think that movie was so essential to setting the foundation for Godzilla versus Kong. Um, well, first of all, I'll just say, and I should have said this about the MonsterVerse movies. I, I personally have loved or found joy out of all of them, but I also have no desire to defend them. <laughs> um, whatever criticisms people have about any of them, I really can't argue against them because I because they are totally valid. Um, but all I know is that it works for me. Um, and sometimes, you know, I can, outside of the intellectual 
analysis of all the, you know the the craft and all that stuff. Um, sometimes movies just work, and this one, these movies, especially King of the Monsters, work for me. I think a huge part of it probably is nostalgia for the high sci era. That's kind of my favorite era of Godzilla. It um, had more, especially amongst those movies, there's more of a continuity between the movies. Um, and there's kind of a more consistent cast of characters outside of Godzilla. Um, and King of the Monsters brought in, it kind of had a lot of, I'm also not generally a person who likes just a lot of like winks to the audience, but for some reason in King of the Monsters, every wink just got me super stoked. So anytime, um, the anytime Watanabe yeah. showed up, you just started laughing because that's, that's exactly what he does in both of those movies the whole time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It was basically that. Um, but yeah. Like whenever, yeah. They mentioned like an oxygen destroyer weapon at one point in King of the Monsters, they, the Mothra twins are at least implied to exist. Like, um, lots of winks that only us high sci nerds would notice. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's very when I know the first time me and Zachary saw King of the Monsters in the theater. I think we saw it in Dolby, and whenever uh, I think it was whenever it kind of like implied that there were Mothra twins, or at least twins both interested in Mothra. Um, I think me and Zachary just like gasped out loud. <laughs> like, I'm sure, no one else had any idea why these two losers were gasping so loud. Um, of course the movie doesn't really do anything with it but it was still just like like I just didn't expect to see that in an American Godzilla movie uh, yep. and so um, so yeah for me that's that's a lot of the things that um, and plus it was just cool to see like the other monsters like Rodan and Mothra and Ghidorah with those special effects and I thought they did really great with like the visuals um, and the way they revealed the monsters um, yeah it was just, uh, just a lot of fun for me it's such a funny reveal the the mothra twins it's it is literally only for people who know that they exist because mm-hmm. it's just like i'm gonna show you the same actor with a different name <laughs> like it's great it's yeah awesome. it's great it's great but it's so subtle like some people are just gonna be like oh that's that's a different name i didn't even, i didn't even pick that up yeah like, yeah i just thought she was all over the place <laughs> Um, but I totally agree with Jacob that the, like, the world feels very high sci in, in the way that it's like it's got some continuity. Mm-hmm. But King of the Monsters sp- specifically does feel a bit Showa to me because it's just like, you know, this this brawl of, of monsters. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I even love like I hope and I, I don't know, this is this is definitely me hoping that they go this route. But I want the Lannister to actually be uh, from Planet X. And the whole time his he's just trying to make Mecha Ghidorah again. Like if that that pieces so many plot holes up because like their logic is just so bad, right? Like the the logic of like we need to fix the world by nuking it is just like whoa, hold on. Uh, there we've skipped some steps here. I'm not seeing how these connect. But if it's like if we bring mind control back in, we bring. Uh, planet x back in and we bring like the same motivations that planet x had from the original showa era it's like whoa hold on now all of a sudden this kind of does make sense this is all just a ruse to confuse the scientists in reality it's trying to get mecha king god like king Ghidorah back like that whoa that would be so amazing listen i will say that would be caleb here's the thing even though i really didn't like that movie and found it like you just described to be basically nonsense without that little plot point, I would super, if that actually were to occur, I would retroactively like King of Monsters more. 
nonsensical comic book logic patching up plot points and me being like oh my god it did make sense the whole time it was all (laughs) it's all your point of view yeah like i i it really could work out that way and it and i do understand why people are frustrated with the non the nonsense but like if you dig and 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 it's there it's like so gonna fix that problem so what i'm hearing is we're gonna bring back charles dance aka tywin lannister what if we say Godzilla King of Monsters is in the same continuity as Mank, and he's actually been around for a really long time. He's William Randolph first, and Mank, and then he goes on. He's actually from, what do you say, Planet X? Planet X. I'm not familiar with this, but that's how why he hasn't aged. That's why he wants to nuke the planet. It's why his plan is great because he's trying to foil humanity. He's trying to he's trying to to run creatives out of Hollywood, and then he's trying to destroy the planet. I mean, I think those two go hand in hand. So just a little background on Planet X, like it, it's kind of out, like it, it's in the Toho universe as well as outside it. In the '60s and '70s, it was this common thing to say that there's a a shadow planet of Earth in that always is in the the shadow of the sun. So you can never see it because we're always in complete opposite orbit of it. And this this concept permeated through lots of sci-fi at the time. Well, I don't know why Toho decided that they were going to pick it up, but it's it's my favorite Showa like storylines is is the Planet X stuff. They go to it a couple times <laughs> yeah. and it is just so bonkers. It's it's a lot of fun. There, yeah. There's a lot of aliens in the, especially the Showa era. The Showa era. Uh, yeah. They're they're uh, they're the main villains in almost half of the movies. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All that to be said, I don't know if we needed to know that for Godzilla versus Kong, but you know what, boy howdy, <laughs> we're bringing the goods to this movie that doesn't have a lot of substance behind it. So we got the substance first. Let's get to the fluff. Let's get to the. Did this movie actually live up to the hype? uh zachary burns i'll start with you again it's your birthday i want you to get the first word here what did you think of godzilla versus kong uh guys i had so much fun with this movie um it's uh i mean everybody's always complaining about the human characters in all of these movies they've complained about the human characters uh and and that extends even to this one uh but especially with this one more than the other ones i think they've basically decided okay the human characters are just comic relief all of them (laughs) every human character is comic relief in this movie there's no serious human character the monsters the kaiju are what's serious in this movie i don't know i just had boatloads of fun there's some things i could nitpick uh and take qualms about uh and maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later but overall i thought the movie was just a hoot uh setting that last fight uh in hong kong with all those neon lights uh just visually was super cool um they gave king kong a ton of personality it was just it was just a hoot so we got one a hoot we got three outstanding let's turn it over to mecca caleb to give his review mecca caleb what did you think <laughs> uh so as the monsterverse goes this is this has been my least favorite of of the stories um i feel like they got really ambitious with the human story this time and it would have almost just been better if it were lazier. Uh, (laughs) They, they end up trying to connect so much plot together that it it just is like, well, if we had just gotten there quicker, if we'd done things easier, I feel like the story makes a little bit more sense. 
And instead, now we've got these really convoluted hooks that we have to hold on to to get to the next plot point, which is, almost hurts it, which is uh, it's unfortunate because I don't think they needed to make the human story so convoluted. However, I am happy to report that, you know, basically podcasters save the world. So yes, that's good. Yes, he saved the, <laughs> podcasters save the world. Podcaster played by Brian Tyree Henry. Podcasters have not ever been so well represented in cinema. Take that hacks from Halloween 2018. Guys, we're bad podcasters. We got a I good mean, one. I mean, I do yeah. want to point out that he's a like, uber conspiracy theorist <laughs> <a> nut job <laughs> a podcaster he's a nut job oh wait now i feel like i'm validating alex jones and i feel really gross oh my god <laughs> uh, i knew that moment wouldn't last <laughs> yeah okay, whenever at the very beginning it's like the, he started talking about his podcast i was like all right perking my ears up jacob on that note podcasters saving the universe or conspiracy theorists we're going to dive into that later but what did you think of the movie uh, yeah, uh, echoing the same. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, uh, it, it a hoot is, is the correct word, I think, uh, for it. For it. Um, I loved the aesthetic, like just kind of the neon aesthetic. There are times where I was watching the movie and I was like, wait, am I watching Tron right now? Because that's kind of awesome. Like <laughs> Godzilla versus Tron. Maybe that's the next one. Um, uh, yeah, I really loved all that. Um, I thought... Um, yeah, I definitely like there are some critiques are it's definitely more of a King Kong movie than a Godzilla movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was a little disappointed that, um, we stay away from Godzilla so much. Um, we pretty much mostly only see him, uh, uh, when he's attacking, uh, or in fisticuffs with Kong. Um, so I would have liked to see a little more Godzilla um on his own um but um let's see what else but yeah but overall like it was just um it was just it was, it was a ride like like i said it's a similar ish, uh, thoughts as like king of the monsters like whatever criticisms people have like if you're not if you just if you can't get into the characters or you can't get whatever like i'm not gonna <laughs> defend it i'm not gonna sit here and and argue against that um, mm -hmm. it's probably all correct um but again it just it kind of worked for me i think i still would put king of the monsters above it which i know would put me in a major minority with the 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 world but um but um still i i thought this one was a lot of fun okay mm -hmm. okay so i think we're we're all finding the middle ground i think we all like it to varying degrees because i think i'm i'm probably closest to my uh my 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 mechanemesis over here uh <laughs> caleb haldane because I'm pretty middle of the road. I still don't think I liked it as much as Godzilla or sorry, Kong Skull Island. I probably liked it about as much as I liked 2014 Godzilla, which was a movie. I, another movie, gosh, these Godzilla movies get so hyped. And I, I was not let down as much by that one as I was by King of Monsters, but I definitely watched away feeling like I liked it, but definitely not as much as the consensus on the internet. Um, and mm -hmm. I feel the same way here. Because I, I'm with Caleb, I actually find the nonsensical plot distracting, and even though it's quote-unquote not important, I honestly just wish they wouldn't have even tried to explain it. I, I, there were like 20 minutes into the movie, I was like, why are we spending so much time explaining why do they need, they need to go to the center of the earth? It, are, it, it inherently doesn't make sense. So like, just take a shortcut, no one cares. Just make up some other reason. You gotta go rescue something down there, or... 
the key to everything can just be found there. You don't need like a crazy long scientific explanation about why you need to bring in Kong. I just feel like there was, again, I'm not a screenwriter, but it seemed like they overcomplicated why these two were fighting in the first place and why they were trying to get to the center of the earth. I, I just would have the first, I'll put it this way. The first 25 minutes, if they had been 10 minutes, I think it would have been just as, if not more satisfying in a lot of different ways. And I know, uh, I know I like story is important. Don't get me wrong, but everyone, there's two different ways you, you can approach it. You can do what 2014 Godzilla did, which is kind of subvert audience expectations, which is you're like, oh, we're expecting to get a, a Godzilla movie where he's destroying whole cities. Well, you do get that, but you don't really see him until the very end. And actually, surprise, the humans are kind of the core of the story. You could do that, or you could just make a movie that's all about the creatures trying to kill each other. And I think this movie tries to do a little too much of both. And at the end of the day, I feel like it makes um, a less enjoyable movie. That said, that said, I definitely felt rewarded uh, that the fight on the, the boats mid movie was awesome. I loved it. I cheered like whenever <laughs> just how like Godzilla would cut these ships in half just by swimming through them. You know, it was amazing. I, I, I thought it was incredible uh, and it lived up to the spectacle. Um, this is not a critique on the film more so much as it is a critique on the release strategy. Uh, this movie was originally slated to come out in May. I probably would have felt a little more safe or at least willing to take the risk to see this on an IMAX screen because the spectacle is incredible and it just didn't quite, it, at least on my setup, was not quite the same as having a, a true big screen experience. I think it would have been best um, experience there first. Again, you can do that right now. This is a personal preference. Again, not a critique on the movie as much as it is just like, I wish I wish it would have been a little easier. I, I wish I, uh, the, the timing would have been different so that I could have seen it um, on that huge IMAX screen. Um, th the last thing I will say about it is, I guess it actually ties back into the story point. I called the entire plot of this movie. Like if you remove all the nonsensical mumbo jumbo about why we've got to go do X, Y, Z, like the plot beats are extremely predictable. Not a big deal, but I just, because that's not right. We're not here for story, but I just was like, okay. So this is a versus movie. There's about three ways versus movies go down. This one is probably going to do one of those, and it and it did. And in fact, I was like, this fight's gonna that we saw in the trailer is going to happen halfway through the movie, and then there's going to be and I won't just I won't speculate to avoid spoiling movies, but I'll just put it this way: like it's very easy to predict if you remove all the like convoluted like uh, exposition, the actual plot is very straightforward and something you've seen before. Not really a critique. So much as an observation, because like no one's there for the, the story. So would would we say that it was worth it though? So I mean, 2014. Where this is so seven years of build up. This is way longer than the Avengers had to wait to have a crossover. Did you guys think that it was worth the build up and the hype? And Jacob, I'll start with you on this. Um. Yeah. Overall, like I think uh, it. Uh, uh, and you know, I guess I should say way back when they first because they announced that there was going to be a Godzilla versus Kong movie like a long time ago. Oh yeah. Um, and I have to admit, like, even though I liked that first Godzilla movie, I was very skeptical. I was like, what? Like <laughs> we, we already did that. And we know how that went out. Like, 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 like um, you know, because like, you know, uh, just throwing two corporate properties at each other just to, for ticket sales, you know, like can end up very poorly. Um, but um, but then I kind of you know as they kept making these monsterverse movies and I kept liking them I got more and more excited at, at the idea, 
um, once I had a b- better idea of what they were going for. Um, but yeah, overall, like I said, like it, it was, it was fun. Uh, and, um, so yeah, I'll say it was worth wait. Why not? Okay. Okay. So it lives up to the hype. You get one thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. So Zach, what, what, what do you think? Live up to the hype? Yay or nay? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it lives up to the hype. Um, you know, I mean, especially what these movies have turned to now, uh, uh, I mean, it's basically just a giant roller coaster. Um, you know, you're going there for the thrills and the fun of it. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm on board with that. Um, that's what, you know, throughout the history of Godzilla movies, throughout the about 70 year history of Godzilla movies, that's what most of them have been about. Uh, and as a Godzilla fan, since I was a tiny little child, um, yeah, I'm pretty much on board with, with that strategy. Um uh with Godzilla movies. Uh so yeah, uh I I think it I think it builds up to okay. that. Okay. All right. So Caleb, uh lay us out. Do you did you agree? Do you think this actually lives up to the hype? I think I do. Just because when the monsters are on screen, it is like it is all you want. Like it is what you're there for and it pays in spades when that's happening. So like if they had somehow fumbled there and then just really nailed the human story, this would be a whole different thing and nobody would like it. You know, like you have to nail Kong and Godzilla. And in my opinion, they do. It's other places they drop the ball. And so, yes, it does live up to the hype uh, it, in, in the buildup and it was all worth it. Uh, my nitpicks are elsewhere. Okay, I'd agree that people showed up to see giant uh, CGI monsters fight each other, and they didn't disappoint, and uh, they did it uh, under the directorship of Adam Wingard, a director who I like, but has been kind of hit or miss, so I was a little concerned. He delivered. He even brought the the cool soundtrack and the neon lights with him from the guests, so um, you know, I, I, I think it's a win all around, this movie in particular. Uh, before we jump into spoilers. Sure. Um... Whereas like King of the Monsters feels like a love letter to Godzilla movies, this one does, I would say, try to just move forward. Like it it doesn't have those same nods and those same mm-hmm. winks. So mm-hmm. it's like scouring the Godzilla past is not going to gain marginal uh, you know, you're not gonna like this anymore just because you're very aware of the history of Godzilla. This one does set on its own and it is supposed to stand on its own. And there is not that same nod. That's not good nor bad. That's just to say like, there's, there's ways to enjoy King of the Monsters and to its fullest, this doesn't have those same trappings. So go into it knowing that you're, you're here for that ride. You're not here for mythology, you know? That's interesting because I, I think it goes back to what Jacob was saying earlier, just about the monster verse in general because each movie has been really unique and you kind of get different things from, I think the the one that's the closest to what we get here is probably Kong skull Island where it's just, you're kind of on a ride. Um, and there's not really as much, you know, if I don't fan service might not be the right word, but say fan service or nods or winks. Um, I, the only thing I would add, and again, this is like not really a critique, but it, so I, I love Kong skull Island, but it feels like there's a, Kong movie missing like there should have been a second Kong movie before this one because the way the whole, everything's set up 
I feel, I do wonder, and again, we're not here for the human characters, so it's not a big deal. But obviously, you've got those carryovers from King of the Monsters, so you're like, oh, this is a this is the next step in that. Whereas there's pretty much no characters from Kong Squile and in this movie at all. There's a whole new cast of characters. Kong's at the beginning of the movie is locked in this like observatory type thing on Skull Island. So I don't know. It just it, it did feel like. Um, Again, it doesn't. I didn't really come to this movie looking for like mythology or connections or whatever, um, but I did find it interesting. Whereas, the, like the, the the King of Monsters connection is very clean and very clear. And even though this is a very different movie, I feel like you could easily watch it chronologically and like understand. Whereas, I do feel like there's a huge break of like there's a whole bunch of Kong story we didn't see between Skull Island and this. Um, so, not a criticism, just an observation. Like maybe we'll. I don't, I don't want a prequel, but it just feels like there should, there, it, it's a, uh, it feels like there could have been another movie there to sort of like set the stakes for Kong a little differently, but either way, I still think, I think, I think both films work, uh, both films do right by Kong. Uh, this one in particular, I think they do a really good job humanizing him. And even though, you know, the humans don't really matter, they make it work via some of the other human characters you're able to understand Kong better. So that's how I think the humans are well utilized in this movie. Um, so yeah, let's uh, so let's let's uh, move on to our verdicts here. A letter grade for the movie overall, uh, and then also, uh, what is another movie that you would either pair with uh, Godzilla versus Kong or have listeners watch uh, separately instead of the movie? Uh, so Jacob, I'll start with you. What letter grade would you give the movie, and do you have any other recommendations for what to pair or watch instead? Uh, yeah, I think I would land probably around a B plus uh, for this one. Um, I think it's super solid and you'll get lots of fun from it. I think, like I said, any criticisms people have are totally true, but I feel like the movie works. Uh, I don't know. It just works. Um, <laughs> it just and, and like I said, I just had a ton of fun. Um, movies to watch with it. Um, I will choose kind of a different type of kaiju movie a film that came out a few years ago called colossal nice. uh starring anne hathaway and directed by um nacho Vigalondo, uh who also did time crimes if anybody knows i've seen that one <laughs> um but yeah it's i i almost don't want to go too much into the, the plot of colossal but um it's a very different take on what a kaiju movie could be and it mostly it's that would be an example of focusing way more on the human characters than the uh monster <laughs> or is it actually now that i think of it it's a little bit of both uh yeah um so yeah um if you're if you like giant monster movies this is very very different types don't go in expecting tons of uh city destruction uh but it's just a very um interesting take and kind of a really cool use of what those monsters could represent uh, uh for individuals um so yeah highly highly yeah, colossal is an excellent pick uh, a, a movie that i think a lot of people just totally miss because it flew under the radar like small smaller budget relative uh it's got jason sudeikis who's on ted lasso now and everyone loves ted lasso so if you like jason sudeikis you like yeah. kaiju you know, Anne Hathaway. He's a very different character. Even if he's character's kind of the opposite. Yeah. Uh, anyway, check it out. Great, right. that's a good, uh, Jacob. I like that recommendation. Caleb Haldane, what's what, what letter of grade would you give uh, Godzilla versus Kong, and what else should listeners check out? I think I'm I'm gonna have to knock it down to to a C plus. Like I definitely think it could have been 
uh, elevated into the into the B tier, but they get so convoluted to try to tie these plot points together. And honestly, lazier construction I think would have served the movie better. Getting to getting to the plot points easier with with less resistance uh, probably would have served the spectacle. Um, instead, we've got some things that really are detracting from the spectacle. And like, come on, we all know what we're here for, right? <laughs> so that that to me is going to be a, just a C plus, but uh, still a passing grade, you know? Um, I would like to probably pair it with Shin Godzilla. I think that there is a movie that you can you can see how the plot points really lay out nicely. They, it's, it's a clean way to get from each of the plot points comparatively to this movie, and you still have great spectacle. So I think that's one I would probably try to pair this one yeah, with. Yeah, Shin Godzilla is excellent. Um, I, I know Jake, going back to what Jacob was saying about wanting more movies like Gajira, like that is probably the closest we've gotten so far. And, and, and yeah, just great movie. Great movie. Uh, rewarded. It rewards rewatches. It's, yeah, A-plus recommendation there, Caleb. Zachary Burns, what is what is your letter grade? How would you rate Godzilla versus Kong, and what else should listeners check out? Uh, I, I think I'm with Jacob on this. I I think uh, I think it's a solid B. Um, uh, again, like I think it's just a super fun roller coaster. Um, uh, that just you know I don't know bunch of thrills. Uh, if you just go into it ready for fun, it's going to deliver the fun um uh and that's you know sometimes that's just enough um uh and i i think i've got a few different uh recommendations on uh what to either watch or watch instead depending on uh your own different tastes um if you uh like thrill rides and fun uh as this movie delivers um then honestly uh just watch almost any other Godzilla movie. Um, uh, <laughs> Cause they're, they're all a lot of fun. Um, I might specifically just easier way to ease your way into it. I might uh, suggest something in the, and I looked this up. It's high say, uh, not high say or hey say it's, it's both. <laughs> uh, uh, I might, you know, suggest something from the high say era uh, because they're, they're not, uh, not so old that the effects are, you know, for some people that can be, uh, a barrier to get into uh, when it's uh, some of the Showa era period stuff where it's all uh, pretty low tech uh, stuff, which, which I think adds to the charm. Uh, but I know for some people that can be a barrier. So uh, if you, if you might go for the uh, high say era, the late eighties, early nineties Godzilla era stuff, there's some really good stuff in there. Um, uh, especially uh, uh Godzilla versus Mothra, the battle for Earth, is really good. Uh, as well as there's a Godzilla versus King Ghidorah movie in there that's super awesome. Uh, and uh, um, and Godzilla versus Space Godzilla totally rules. Um, <laughs> this is where Godzilla fights a uh, space version of himself with giant crystals on his shoulders, and he's blue, and it's uh, it's it's great. So that's what I recommend if you enjoy the more roller coaster fun ride versions of, of Godzilla and, and King Kong. Um, if you don't like those, if you think those are silly and ridiculous, um, then I would suggest uh, check out the original Godzilla movie from 1954, the original Japanese version, not the U S edit 
which is called Godzilla King of the Monsters. Um, uh, that's another one. It's interesting to watch because of what changes they made to it. But the original Japanese 1954 version um, uh, is actually, it's a serious, dark drama. Uh, and it is incredible. Uh, it is, uh, uh, to quote uh, Martin Scorsese, it is cinema. Um, <laughs> um, and then I would also suggest watch the original King Kong movie from the 1930s. Um, yeah. uh, and again, it's like, it is not a comedy at all. Uh, and, and interestingly enough, both King Kong and Godzilla in their original movies start as very tragic characters, uh, that you feel actual sympathy for. Uh, while also being kind of scared of them. Um, so if you want to see uh, what these monsters can be uh, when they're taken very seriously um, and really pulling all the drama out of that, uh, watch the original versions of these characters uh, because both of them are truly great movies. All right. A lot of Godzilla recommendations over here. Um, I am going to probably i guess i'm gonna be the downer and give it a c i've got the lowest score um because i think i just echo a lot of what caleb said i think this movie is fun it delivers on what you want it could have been a lot better if they had just kind of cut a lot of a lot of the the exposition there is no reason there was no reason i had to like sit through 25 minutes of exposition because i didn't care about any of that and it didn't make any sense so it just felt like yeah just uh i wouldn't say lazy i'd say uh don't work harder on your storytelling, work smarter. And sometimes smarter means cutting out stuff you don't need and just getting to the stuff people are there for. And so, yeah, C. Um, but I still think it's great. I still recommend everyone watch it to see. I think it's a, you know, it's a fine movie. I really, really can't wait to one day see it on the big screen. And I would say to pair with it, uh, I'm going to go, I guess it's it's a little, it's still kaiju related, but uh, I'm just going to recommend Pacific Rim, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pacific Rim from 2014, I think, uh, mid or 2010s. Uh, that is a, a great movie if you want to see giant robots fighting giant kaiju monsters. It has a lot of the neon vibes to it that you see in this movie are present there. And that is an example of, Investing in, in the human characters in a way that works for the genre, from my perspective. I don't know if everyone agrees, and I'm not as well-versed in kaiju movies as these fellows. But for me, I uh, I did care about the humans, but it, the human characters did not take away from the monster versus giant machine fights. So, um, Pacific Rim, check it out. It's a great watch. All right, gentlemen. Well, I think we have covered all we can without spoiling the film. And uh, for listeners out there who haven't caught up, the first question we're going to discuss is who actually won? Is it definitive? So if you haven't watched the movie, stop the podcast now, go watch the movie and hop back in. Otherwise, go ahead and tune out now. Ah, damn. Uh, that is a negative impact. I repeat, that is a negative impact. Negative impact, sir. Negative impact? That's the goddamn Chrysler building we're talking about here. You told me he had it locked on. Echo One, we had you locked on. The heat seekers can't lock, sir. He's colder than the buildings around him. All right, gentlemen, we are in the spoiler section, so all the cards are on the table. Who actually won? And do you think it's an argument? Caleb, I'll let you take the lead on this one. Who do you think won? 
Uh, it's Godzilla. Like uh, he <laughs> he takes pity on Kong at the end and just walks away from him. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, they gave us uh, three rounds of Street Fighter, and uh, Godzilla came out on top. <laughs> Would either of you gentlemen disagree with that? No. No, Godzilla <laughs> definitely came yeah. out on top. Like King Kong fought valiantly, got in lots of good blows. You know, if maybe Godzilla was having a bad day, it might, you know, the the end might be reversed. But but at least in this movie, ultimately, yeah, uh, King Kong and Godzilla fought a few times, and uh, Godzilla came out on top every time. I think the movie did do a good job of yes godzilla definitely was the winner um but they still you know bringing in we haven't even talked about the third character who giant mecha godzilla mecha godzilla yeah um and so i i thought that was a clever way like you know like you you alluded to earlier like everybody walking into that movie knows mecha godzilla is going to show up at the end um, there was no question. And I, I don't think the movie hides it. Like the name of the company was Apex. Like, I mean, like it, it, it there, the Apex cybernetics. Yeah. Like, clearly <laughs> yeah. they were going to build a giant robot. Yeah. Um, and so, um, but yeah, but so I thought that was a clever way to like actually have, cause I think that might be the one thing that I didn't quite anticipate is there being a winner before the the Mechagodzilla shows up, I think we all thought it would be a uh, yeah situation where the, the the bad the main bad guy shows up before there's actually a definitive winner, um, and they and then they team up and then uh, uh, you know and then they go fight that third monster together or third enemy together. Uh, but this actually had a clear winner, and then this other guy shows up, and then the loser. Uh, you know, uh, steps up and noted, realizes that there's a bigger threat and, and helps the person, even though this, this guy just beat the shit out of him. Uh, and, and so they both get moment, triumphant moments. Uh, but if the question is who won the battle between Godzilla versus Khan, it absolutely was Godzilla. I, I never had any doubt that God, if, okay. It, Cause let's be real guys in, in a real, in a real fight, because there are definitely actually Godzilla's and giant apes. Like Godzilla is the obvious winner. Like I just, sorry, I just, I, I never thought Kong stood a chance. But fire breathing, and I know the you know King Kong's got thumbs. That's great and all, but like I mean, come on, like Godzilla's got fire. He's got spikes. He's like charged by nuclear radiation. So yeah, no question in my mind. But I, I will say, yeah, um, Zach uh, or Jacob, I agree with you. I thought it was going to be a draw, and then they would team up. Whereas to your point. It was, I don't think there's any bones. I mean, Kong's heart was about to stop. Like Godzilla clearly just, just, you know, clean the floors with him. So I thought that was kind of, that was a nice surprise. It was cool. I mean, Mega Godzilla was all right. I guess not as cool as I was hoping. I don't really know what I was expecting either. Um, he just, for a Godzilla bad guy seemed kind of generic, but I guess Mega Godzilla just inherently is kind of that's the point right so, like a knockoff godzilla um were you guys satisfied with mecha godzilla overall i think it was cool again i think you know we all knew mecha godzilla was gonna come into it they did it a little differently than what I, I thought they might um i thought they might uh in the original godzilla versus mecha godzilla uh from the 70s um 
uh, I thought they might go that route where there's uh, Godzilla keeps showing up and blowing shit up uh, and destroying things. Uh, and everybody's like, oh, why is Godzilla being so mean? Because at the time in the 70s, Godzilla was more of a good guy. Um, uh, and everybody was like, what's going on? Uh, but then another Godzilla shows up uh, <laughs> and everyone was like, wait, what? There's two Godzillas? What's going on? Uh, but then it's discovered that the mean Godzilla was actually Mecha Godzilla in a Godzilla suit. Um, mm. uh, and, and so I thought they might do some tomfoolery with that. Um, but they did not, uh, which, you know, good for them. Cause that's just maybe a little too convoluted for, for people today. But, um, like generally I thought Mechagodzilla was cool, uh, in this movie. I thought it was clever how they brought in, uh, the Ghidorah skulls, uh, from King of, King of the Monsters and bring that into it. Um, uh. Which kind of, kind of, sorta, in a weird way, uh, made Mecha Ghidorah a thing, which is fun. Um, uh, that's just a, a fun thing for me because uh, I think Mecha Ghidorah. First of all, if you've never seen what Mecha Ghidorah looks like, he looks incredible. He is a badass. Um, uh, so you know, maybe someday we'll get that in one of these movies. But uh, but uh, if this is as close as I'll get, I'll I'll take it. Um, but anyways. I'm getting off on tangents. Um, overall, I thought uh, they handled Mechagodzilla cool. Um, I was a little disappointed in what he looked like um, because the traditional Japanese Mechagodzilla, the look of him is super iconic and super dope, super sleek, whereas this one looked more, you know, looked more like a robot out of Michael Bay's Transformers movies. Uh, super kind of clunky and blocky. Uh, uh, nothing terribly striking about it. It was just kind of a big box with arms. Um, uh, so I was kind of disappointed in that aspect of it. Um, and then I will also say, while I think the uh, Kong dismembering Mechagodzilla with that magic axe he's got uh was a really cool moment but also at the same time it felt kind of weird for me to mecha godzilla meet his end without godzilla fighting him uh because they are two enemies like the mecha godzilla shows shows up again and again and again in godzilla movies like this is a very iconic godzilla foe uh and then when he shows up in in the these big Hollywood studio versions, King Kong gets to kill him. Uh, so I was kind of disappointed in that, that Godzilla didn't get to have more of an active role just at the very end of like ripping his head off or something. That was a really cool fatality, Mortal Kombat fatality style death though. Well, right? yeah, the, the death was super awesome, but, uh, and I'm not asking for a lot. Uh, like Kong could still dismember the crap out of him, but I think Godzilla should have at least been able to get in there uh at the tail end and maybe they're both teaming up dismembering uh mechagodzilla like that's all i'm really asking for uh so that's an that's an element where i i, I do have a some some criticisms of of this movie if the uh mechagodzilla like skull had landed next to godzilla and get godzilla just did the final like stomp on the skull or something oh like yeah that. <laughs> like, yeah yeah like, even just something like that would have been nice yeah. um or maybe like maybe maybe uh, Godzilla holds Mecha Godzilla in place with his, ta his tail or something yeah. while yeah. Kong rips. 
PS yeah. find out. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. a little more I, something. Yeah. Caleb, what'd you think of Mecha Godzilla? Um, I, I too wasn't super impressed with the look. I really love the plating design that they've given Mecha Godzilla in the past. And this was more like, like skeletonized. You see the, the vertebrates, you see like shoulder pl- blades, like you see these like more skeletal features than you see robotic features. And I didn't, I don't understand why you would do that. Like, why would you expose <laughs> that <laughs> level of joinery? Um, only like, that just seems like a bad idea. So um, the look was was unfortunate. But what I really did like about Mechagodzilla is he's a badass. Yeah. Like he is taking on Kong. It's just like, it's not like, oh no, the atomic breaths are meeting and, and like, which one's going to win? It's like, no, like he's coming out swinging and he's coming out overpowered. One-on-one would likely have won. And only because of this scenario where it gets to be a tag team against him is the only reason he loses was kind of cool. I'd never expected them to power up Mecha Godzilla to that level, and I and I liked it. Yeah, I I do think I, I think um, I'm on the same page with with all of you. Which is, I thought the fight was cool. It was mostly the design I had qualms with, and like I said, I I didn't have specific specific expectations, but he just smelled a little bit of like generic CGI monster, and we just get so many of those. Where I think you know, like again, not having that context of knowing all the different mecha godzilla designs i would have liked to have seen something that felt like a little more unique and memorable the fight itself though was super cool and i i did really like the guy the I, again i i hear you guys i think if godzilla had been more active in the demise of mecha godzilla that would have been great but, but king kong ripping it at the skull out like straight out of Mortal Kombat, it was cool i cheered i cheered out loud i thought sure. it was awesome yeah it was, it was great um, sure. um okay so uh, I, I do want to close out just by talking a little bit about the the future of the monster verse. Now, one thing we haven't talked about at all in the spoiler section yet is they do go, even though I think the, the way they get there is way too complicated for its own good. They do get to the center of the earth, which we find actually, what is the actual term? Hollow earth, hollow earth. And it, it feels, and I'm sure it probably came first, but I just, I, when I was watching it, I was watching my girlfriend. I said, hey, look, it's the Savage Lane from X-Men. We got there. Awesome. Because <laughs> uh, it's basically what it is. Like, oh, if you go deep enough into the core, you find there's a whole, like, dinosaurs and extinct creatures are still alive. Uh, so question uh, from me for someone who's a le- uh, less well-read on Godzilla mythology. Is this something that exists in Godzilla lore previously, or is this a new thing? No, this is a Legendary Pictures adaptation. It really, like, the Hollow Earth is really, like, an actual conspiracy theory in, you know, some crazy subreddits out there. You know, like, it comes from Conspiracy World Land, and then Legendary Pictures decided to adopt it. It is not uh, part of the original Toho lore. Uh, I actually, Caleb, that that context makes me actually now dislike (laughs) (laughs) Do not put need to, we do not need to adapt conspiracy theories to the yeah. big screen because even if it's in a crazy movie like this, people will believe it. Okay, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> what did you guys think of the Hollow Earth idea as a whole? Did you think it was kind of cool? Do you feel like it effectively set up follow-up films? Or do you think this almost sort of like answers too many questions all at once? I I wouldn't mind going first on this one. Uh, I kind of do like it uh it the to give them a network of like being anywhere at any time does kind of you know solve a problem that we can potentially have in these versus movies going forward is just like well isn't it convenient that they're always just 
in the same place on planet earth well no they're you know king of monsters now has set up that they are attracted to each other there's there's apex predators and the apex predators need to show their dominance and so we can set that up pretty easily so the reasons why they fight and and getting them close to each other hollow earth does kind of solve um the problem i had with hollow earth is they used it in a convoluted way to solve problems that are far easier to solve in other ways um like they want to give him the axe, right? Like, they, oh, we need to give Kong Stormbreaker. Uh, okay. Um, but, like, the easiest way to do that is just to do it from the first fight, right? Like, what if in trying to escape from Godzilla in the first fight, he's ripping and tearing and manages to pull one of those dorsal fins off, uh, one of the smaller ones, then now he's got that. Like, that's an easy way to solve that. We don't need to go to the center of the earth uh, and bring a child along on a the only time this has ever been attempted, all people have died mission before. Like that seems completely irresponsible. Listen, and he's got to put the ax back in the, 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 the place that's carved out because I, I actually still don't know, but it's important that he so does that. The yeah. Stormbreaker is also apparently the key to unlocking the power of the center of the universe. So I guess like, but it, like all of these things are just unnecessary and we can have all of our plot points that we like, cause there's lots of them here and get to them easier without having to make this convoluted, this chain. And, um, I I'd love to hear Jacob, you, you had mentioned the girl before, and I feel like this is a character we need to kind of look into because it's both very important and very <laughs> irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's parenting, yeah, right? Just in general. Yeah. Just... <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I the, the little girl is one of my favorite aspects of the movie. I thought that uh, uh, actress was was really great, and I, I read that she's actually really deaf in real life. Um, um, and I think it, this is her first movie or something like that. Um, so I hope hope she has a lot more movies in her, um, which could be cool. Um, but. Yeah, no, I, 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 I hear what you're saying, but also I've seen all the Showa movies <laughs> where are brought along on dangerous <laughs> missions constantly, mainly just because I thought she was such a great character and probably the best character in the movie, uh, human character at least. Um, uh, and that connection to Kong uh, was really what made Kong work. Um, and uh, that, that that's kind of what I felt on it works so well with Kong. I wished there had been a, uh, something like that for Godzilla in this movie. Um, you've got Millie Bobby Brown, but she really wasn't, she's kind of so focused on her mission. It's not about, um, that connection to Godzilla or anything like that. Um, uh, and so I, I kind of wished maybe there had been a character like that for Godzilla on the other side, but yeah, no, I, the, 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 the little girl was, um, by far one of, one of the, the best aspects of the movie i thought here's a here's a take i don't even know if i'm fully behind it but i'm just gonna throw it out there because while i did like the little girl like just as a sort of it's gonna sound terrible but essentially when you boil it down she's a plot device uh, and a way for the audience to connect more deep, deeply with kong which is great i think she still could have lived in the movie but also i think <laughs> If if we're if the goal was actually to simplify the plot point, like it was actually to simplify the plot, you pretty much probably could have cut her out. The reason you need her is to convey exposition to Kong, to and from Kong. If you want to focus on the monster fights and not going to the to the Hollow Earth and all of that, you don't really need her there. At least from a, from a plot perspective, 
again, I think as far as like cinematic storytelling, um, I really like that character. I think she adds the human element that you need for Kong. And I agree, Zach or Jacob, that Godzilla probably should have had a similar counterpart, which is again where I just feel like there's some things the setup for this film, the, the the previous film set up really well, and other things they didn't set up well at all. I don't know. It's kind of like I feel like she's unnecessary, but I kind of like that she's there too. If that makes sense. I, I think she's one of the few aspects of certainly the human characters that she is more necessary than any of the other human characters because she does give us that connection to Kong. Uh, because without her there, then Kong is just Kong. She does a lot to humanize uh, Kong and to get us a lot of empathy for Kong. Um, and so I think she does, while maybe she's not as important to the plot, I think she's very important to the character. And, and yeah. developing character is, at least for me, that's the shit that I really love uh, more than whatever the plot's doing. Uh, so I think she's actually really important to the movie. One more note on the girl, which I thought was interesting, um, is she kind of feels like the next step in evolution. Like that's been important to every King Kong movie ever made. Is there some sort? He has some sort of connection to some human female, um, mm. and it's and and I think in all of them up until now, it's always been a a, a blonde, a white blonde woman, um, and so I thought that was interesting. It's kind of a next step in the evolution of that connection and that that um and that character um which i thought was cool too yeah i I, well i think that actress did amazing i do think this is like a you gotta cut your darlings moment though as they could have just combined the character development into one character and just made it a simple this is the scientist right whether that person needs to be a you know, white blonde woman that like, obviously we could make her a person of color or anything mm-hmm. else. And that still works. I think you do have to make the feminine ma- uh, mirror, the masculine. That's always been the point of Kong, but it didn't have to be a child. Like that's where my problem is. And I agree. She acted amazingly. She owned the screen when she was on the screen, but she also made the movie more convoluted um, and made it just reckless. Like, literally the only this this flight has only been attempted one other time all members died let's put a girl on it this time it just does it like it's so hard for me to say that like this is a good choice like this is a the child gets no agency in like making that choice either it's just like well get on the ship get, a Kong it's time to go. get up here yeah and at this point in the movie we know kong understands asl so like we know the scientist has ASL. It's just like these things fall apart because you're trying to make this more convoluted than it needs to be. Um, like you said earlier, Caleb, like it's not that this movie's lazy. It's anything but lazy, but it is irresponsible with its decisions. And I do think it could have had a cleaner edit where we have all the things we love without having to muddy the water with things that don't make sense. Yeah, I agree. Also, I'm just going to throw out there while we're talking about things we don't like. I really hate the main guy, author, dude. I really did not like him as a... I, I, and I don't know if you were supposed to or not, but he just drove me... I didn't like him. He drove me crazy. But I know, I just... Uh, like, again, it's not... Like, it doesn't break the movie, but I I, I think I, I tend to um, side more with you, Caleb, in the sense that, like, this movie adds extra characters for no reason. It makes story choices that are unnecessary when really... 
The only like potential value it adds is that maybe you could argue, depending on what, if they do anything next, like you could argue that it's them just world building for the next movie. I don't, there's not actually a plan for a next movie at this exact moment. So I feel like that's kind of reckless to, to say that's what it was. So at the end of the day, I would say, yeah, let's, let's cut your darlings. Let's cut the movie by about 20 more minutes. I know it's already still, I think it's under two hours. So it's not that like it's super long, but like, just give us exactly what we signed up for. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't add more characters. Just get to the, the giant Kaiju fighting each other. Um, there's way, and there's ways to work in the, the human elements and I'm, like lighter, more satisfying way or simpler way, I would say. But I don't know. That's a take. That's a take. I don't know. We don't all agree on this one. But uh, either way, um, audience, <laughs> what do you think? You can let us know by sending us emails to uh, the cinematropolis at gmail.com. Uh, all right. So this is uh, to, to really bring this conversation home. Like I said, there's not really a plan in place per se for another movie at this exact moment. But this movie is actually making a lot of money internationally and even domestically. It is the highest grossing weekend we've had since the pandemic began. So, which is kind of funny because Godzilla King of Monsters did not perform well at all. And so, it, but it, it is looking like there's demand and interest for another movie. If, it, if, it, if, it, if the box office receipts and those HBO Max subscriber counts stay up, do you guys want another movie? And, and if so, like, what would you like to see? Um, yeah, Caleb, I'll start with you and then we'll go Jacob and then Zach. I definitely want, like, I've already laid out the, like, I want a couple movies. Like <laughs> I, I need planet X. I need Mecha Godzilla. Like there's a, there's a series of 10 movies to get where I want to be, but I, I want it. I want on that train. <laughs> All right. Well, you can't argue with that. Jacob, uh, do you have your 10 movies mapped out? That's probably the better question. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mostly just have a list of all the monsters i want to see uh him fight uh <laughs> um yeah no i i'm i'm totally on board um i think like i i think you know like you said i don't think any of these movies are perfect um but they have brought me tons of tons of joy um so i am i'm totally on board with whatever they want to do um and yeah i hope i hope we get some uh I, I want to see Biolante up there. I think there's a ton of potential for a Biolante battle. Um, and like Zachary mentioned, Destroya could be really sick. Um, yeah, there's the, the groundwork has been set for any of these <laughs> monsters to appear. I'm just saying, like yeah. it, the groundwork has been set. Yeah. <laughs> What's really crazy is Legendary also has the rights for Gamora or uh, Gamera right now. Oh, so we could get oh, something they? that we've never had possible there before. Oh man, yeah. Let's get show show me Godzilla and Kong hanging out with a giant turtle. Yeah, flies. <laughs> Guys, I want it. I'm gonna drop it, it on there. You know what else? Legendary Picture Zones, Pacific Rim. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that the real decision is gonna come down to is Toho satisfied enough with the partnership to continue allowing Legendary to make these movies. It's appears that it's been a pretty good partnership so far. Here's the other potential curveball. Legendary and Warner Brothers, at least for a while, were very not happy with each other because Warner Brothers did their whole HBO Max day of release strategy without consulting a Legendary. And there was at least talk of, I don't know any of the details or if it was real, but there was certainly a lot of buzz about even like potential legal action that came out of that. So, I mean, they, they made it work. We got this movie on HBO Max and in theaters and it's doing well. So it seems like it's a win for everybody. So that might 
that very well might clear up any tension that was there. But I, I do have to wonder, like, is Legendary Pictures, who has worked very closely with Warner Brothers for a long time, are they going to want to continue to invest in that relationship or take it elsewhere? And I think if the answer is take it elsewhere, it could be a really long time before we see the next one. So I hope that's not the case. I hope I hope the positive reception in the box office is enough to kind of keep this train on the track because I, I don't know. I uh, I want to see what they do with it next. I really like the space, uh, the, the Planet X um, idea, Caleb, because it's just so wild and crazy and out there. <laughs> and at this point, we now know what's at the center of the Earth. Well, where do you go beyond that? Well, you go to space. That's the only other place you can go. Uh, either that or parallel dimensions and parallel realities. I could be wrong, but I don't think we're going there. So um, yeah, give me more King Kong movies. Give me more Godzilla movies in particular. I'd love to see... You know, like you guys said, there's any number of iconic creatures that Godzilla could fight. So bring us those movies and hopefully audiences keep turning up for them. So fingers crossed that the movie gods will bless us with more uh, Monsterverse films. Oh, and I guess I should throw this uh, note out there. We've already mentioned a couple others. Were there any other monsters that you're like, I wish Legendary would work this into their Monsterverse? Hedora. <laughs> Hedora. <laughs> give me give me Godzilla oh. versus the smog monster. Just give it to me. Man. I want I want Godzilla fighting sentient pollution sludge. Give it to me. I just don't think there's any way you don't get Biolante before you get Hedora. It's the well, same yeah. ecological struggle. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I want both. <laughs> Do you also want the crazy psychedelic go-go dancing? Yes, I do. I want all of it. <laughs> Guys, Godzilla versus Hedora is one of my favorite Godzilla movies. It's it's on it's on the verge um, of being experimental art film. Like it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it really is. Like even even for Godzilla movies, it's really weird and out there. Isn't uh, that the one where he flies away at the end? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, I, I'm sure everyone has seen the the, the gif of Godzilla uh, kind of curling up. Yeah. curling up with his tail under his legs and kind of flying through the air projected by his atomic breath. That's where this movie, that's where that, that comes from. It's in this movie. It's incredible. Uh, and uh, uh, there's lots of psychedelic dancing. Uh, the story of how this movie came about is great. Um, uh, and uh, we don't have to, a very shortened version of it is basically the, uh, head producer of all the Godzilla movies from the very beginning through to the end of the, the uh, Heisei era, uh, Tomoyuki Tanaka, who actually had a hand in creating the original Godzilla. Uh, he was sick in the hospital when this movie was being produced. And so the director had more creative freedom to do whatever he wanted. Uh, and so he took it. Um, <laughs> and then, because uh, the movie's weird even for then, even for 70s Godzilla. Um, and that director, I'm blanking on his name, but he never directed another Godzilla movie again after that. Um, because uh, uh, the producer was not happy. Um, but guys, it is such a unique, awesome yeah. Godzilla movie, from especially the Showa era. And it's it's great. Everyone my, should watch it. My favorite scene in that one is, like, there's they're trying to um, do that typical trope where it's like, a bunch of people protesting on a site, you know, in like an independence day, it's like they're on top of the, the okay. roofs, right? Well, here they're supposed yeah. to be on Mount Fuji. And they're like, they're they're talking about this scene before you actually see it. And there's like, there's millions of people there, blah, blah, blah. And then they, <laughs> they clearly didn't have the money for the extras. So they shoot it. They You go to it. It's like 12 people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're not even moving. They're just like, 
<laughs> are you shooting? You're live? Oh, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> like it's so weird. It is such it's a great. weird like production glitch that makes it into the movie. Uh, it's fantastic. It's what a history with Godzilla. So many beautiful things that we've experienced in cinema uh, in one way or another. All right, gentlemen. Well, we have been talking a lot. So uh, consensus is uh, Godzilla versus Kong. We recommend it and to varying degrees. Uh, we've got some qualms here and there, but overall, it's a good time. Um, so I, I want to make sure that our listeners are able to chime in on all the cool things you're doing. Uh, Caleb Haldane, all jokes aside, it's been a real pleasure having you on the podcast, just talking about Godzilla movies. Um, good to just see you again. Uh, always a pleasure in these COVID fingers crossed tail into the COVID times, but seeing a friendly face here. Um, so it's been a pleasure having you on. Um, can you tell listeners a little about, firstly, a little bit more about Red Six, maybe those who haven't heard of you before. Tell us a little bit about what you guys do and also where they can keep up with all that work online. Yeah. Um, so I'm a co-host of a podcast called the Red Six Podcast. Uh, you can find us at www.redsixpodcast.com. That's all spelled out. R-E-D-S-I-X-P-O-D-C-A st.com um, and we will be continuing this conversation here in our uh you know coming episodes because uh there's still so much to talk about like we really didn't get to talk about the ships we didn't really talk about uh the the three-phase fighting um there's apex in general there there's still a lot and and we will continue this conversation over there um i'd love to have your listeners check that out and uh but we're we're a podcast that is a comedy focused podcast with our roots just being in nerd culture. Yeah, it's a it's a fun time. Um, Long time listeners, I've been on on the show several times, and it's uh it's always uh always a good time. Uh, Jacob, how about you? Where can people keep up with you and your work online? For sure. Um. Yeah. The best place is on uh, Instagram and Twitter. So I just changed my handle. So let me see if I remember what they are. On Instagram, it's at Jacob Layton Burns. And on Twitter, it is uh, at a film by Bernsey. Oh, I, I, I have I've been meaning to ask you about that new Twitter handle, but I like it. Bernsey, film by Bernsey. It's good. Very memorable catch. Uh, birthday boy, Zachary Burns, where can people keep up with you and your work online? Uh, well, you can keep up with me and uh, how much I talk about Godzilla um, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, both handles are at left eye burns. All right. Fantastic. Everyone make sure to head on over to those social media channels to wish him a belated happy birthday. Cause you're definitely not listening to this until a few days after his birthday, but wish it to him belated. Nonetheless, uh, of course you can find me tweeting about all the things, uh, film, television, video games. Whenever I make my way onto Twitter uh, at C masters talk, that is letter C masters talk. You can find all of the things over at the cinematropolis.com, cinematic schematic, any of the written essays we do, cinematropolis.com. Check it out there. You can also keep up with the posts by liking us on Facebook uh, at the cinematropolis or on Twitter. And we don't really use Instagram anymore, but on Twitter at the cinematrop. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you can go have a uh, kaiju sized rest of your day. We'll catch you again next time. Thank you.